You've tuned into the Bellingham Podcast for the week of August 19, 2018, episode 90. 90? From that city by the Salish Sea, I am AJ Barce. And suffering from the sweltering heat, I am Chris Powell. On this episode, AJ and I are tying a bow, or should it be a shoelace, on our Urban Hiker series of conversations. I bid adieu to something that's been in my life for over two years, and we're taking a bird's eye view of something often neglected, but highly critical to our well-being, our health. Pull up a chair and join us, won't you? You're listening to the Bellingham Podcast. Thrill of the nineties are alive. <laughs> the thrill is gone. Ham. How you doing, Chris? <laughs> oh, I'm happy to be here. How about you, AJ? I'm pretty peachy. So, starting off the show, we just finished our five-part series of the Urban Hikers Grand Tour. One, two, three, four, five on a hand. <laughs> we give we give with a hand slap. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> uh, for getting out there and uh, seeing the beauty that is out in Whatcom County and elsewhere, uh, and working up a sweat. Yeah. So dovetailing into uh, what's coming up next, we have a new series. But before we do that, Chris, what's been going on in your life? There's a requiem <laughs> that I believe we have to pour a drink out for. Well, you know, so two years ago, or over two years ago, uh, maybe around the time that uh, a little bit after we started this wonderful project known as the Bellingham Podcast, I wanted to continue to have that voice that I've thoroughly enjoyed having. And so I had started a newsletter to have people sign up and just share thoughts, life insights, music recommendations, cool websites, and whatever else I felt like. Great personal stories. (laughs) And it kind of moved into the personal side of things where I shared a lot of of me and kind of, uh, even though it was like two friends sitting in a coffee shop without the caffeine, I felt like it was kind of more for me in a one-sided therapy conversation. Recently, I have had put an end to my Quiet Conversations newsletter. I had about over 100 uh, newsletters, which is a a nice round number. But for those of you that may be listening that uh, were recipients of that personal newsletter in your inbox, thank you very much for subscribing. I hope it was worth your time to read. But uh, that was a fun experience. And uh, I wrote a lot of words. And so I shared a lot of things. And it's time to move on with other content. Ooh, well, I, I, I appreciate it. Uh, there's only two newsletters I subscribed to, or subscribed to. One was uh, Kevin Rose's, and the other one was Chris Powell's Quiet Conversations. I, uh, I take that as high uh, praise to be included with Mr. Rose. Hi, Kevin. What's up, uh, Kevin? Love your podcast. Come on, ours, dude. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so that's kind of um, in, in the rearview mirror, cool. but we got something straight ahead that we got our high beams on. Yeah, so we are shifting. So we did the Urban Hikers Grand Tour, and there was a little bit of an Easter egg in the last episode. Uh, I had said that I'd picked up some beats, and I wonder where I'm going with that. For the next couple of episodes uh, of the Bellingham Podcast, we are doing a new series, and it's called the uh, PNW State of Mind series. What we're going to be focusing on is uh, health, activity, mindfulness. There's going to be a, a growing series around just nutrition, but nutrition holistically speaking. And yeah. We're going to start this off with food on this episode. One of my near and dear topics and hobbies and things I like to do, I like to eat. I know, as do I. But before we dive into this, because we are talking about health, I have an obligatory statement that must be said at the top of any show. Chris and I are not doctors, nor do we play with them on podcast. Anytime that you dive into anything health related, or if you're thinking about doing dieting or anything, please consult a health professional before doing so. The advice and views and opinions that Chris and I are going to give in this series should not be taken as 
health advice. Uh, absolutely. We, we the, two, the two knuckleheads on the, that you're listening to right now, we have life experiences. Uh, we have no professional credentials, but we're just going to share at least our perspective on things, which is definitely something you should not go, oh, I'm a fan of Chris's voice. I'm going to go out and do this, blah, 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 blah. And now all of a sudden you're in a bad position. So enjoy uh, what our conversation, uh, where our conversations go, but please consult a doctor before you consider doing anything uh, involving uh, diet change or health uh, habit change or anything like that. So uh, just as a primer, this episode is dedicated to food and I wanted to open it up with an op-ed that got posted in New York Times on the 8th of this month, August. And it was uh, entitled, The Toll of America's Obesity, beyond the human suffering, diet-related diseases imposed massive economic costs. And what I found interesting about this op-ed, it was done by Dr. David Ludwig and Dr. Kenneth, I'm going to say Rogoff. Sure. And uh, they're both doctors, but different uh, doctors in, their, in different rights. Dr. Ludwig is a pediatrician and Dr. Rogoff is an economist. And it's an interesting op-ed. It's just something I wanted to put into uh, the show notes. Drink. Drink. And uh, if you haven't read it, it's just an interesting take because kind of like what Chris and I are going to talk about with this whole series, it looks at obesity from a holistic standpoint. The fact that our Western society diet, the impacts of it, not just on an individual standpoint, but on a community standpoint, on a cultural standpoint, and from an economic standpoint. Take a look at it if you haven't read it already. Link it in the show notes. Absolutely. And, you know, knowledge is power. So here's a little bit of a perspective kind of like ours, yeah. that is uh, food for thought. That is, I was waiting for you to say yeah, that. I knew, knew it was coming. coming. I knew it was uh, coming. Uh, here we go. At the top of the, the episode, let's let's hit on some of the trendy words maybe you have seen on uh, the Pinterest or maybe Instagram, you know, like get fit, get pumped with Whole30. Get jacked, get ripped, get swole. Get swole with paleo. Uh, yeah, so okay, let, let's hit on some of these that w- that we've uh, seen. Now, Chris, you've done Whole30 twice now. Twice. Uh, it is a diet that is rather... Rather limited. Uh, it is 30 days in which uh, you limit the amount of sugars, carbohydrates, uh, dairy. You're pretty much uh, going with homemade sauces that you would create, a lot of uh, eggs, um, but proteins and fruits and vegetables and uh, no alcohol uh, or soda or anything like that. Although seltzer is your friend, as I found out in, in two months. But, but one of the things, you know, diet and the whole discipline of going 30 days and not going off the, the regimen you put your scale away. Like you don't even have your scale out. And this I think was one of the X factors in the success that my wife and I had with Whole30 is that if you don't track your daily progress, you do in the beginning, you do at the end. And then at the end, should you be of a a certain success level, oh my gosh, you've lost a lot of weight. But during the process, it's a little bit of a journey that involves a lot of discipline. Mm. And I'll, I'll shoot straight. I really wanted my bag of Doritos Cool Ranch chips all of it, uh, but I didn't eat that, nor the pizza, nor the burgers. Every day, I think if you ask my lovely wife, uh, I was complaining about wanting to eat something. But that, but the whole thirty is is there's a whole lot of options for it as as we had for our our time. But it is rather limiting for how convenient food is, whether we go to a restaurant or go to the uh, grocery store or a convenience store in a gas station or some other place. So that's, that's Whole30. There's also uh, ketogenic, which is another popular diet that involves a high protein, high fat, very low carb, if any, uh, diet and uh, hold not a lot of junk food, but your body gets into a certain state 
that certain state can bring what I believe some headaches or some other types of stuff. But once you're able to consume a lot of water, and that's also another key thing that helped out a lot, drinking a lot of liquids during your time to stave off the hunger and the, and the thirst, um, you, your body reaches a place where it starts to burn the reserve fat. And I think ketogenic uh, amplifies a lot of that. So yeah. what, it, else, what else we got? So another one that you may have seen is paleo. This one revolves around kind of the notion that uh, in the, the whole time spectrum of humanity, we were, we were always hunter-gathering, foraging type of, of folk. And then in the blink of an eye in this human history, literally, like if, if human history was laid out like a, a a, I don't know, like a football field. Pretty much for no, 99% of that field, we have always been hunting, gathering folk. Mm-hmm. And then literally on the last inch of the last yard, we got into agriculture. And it is suspect that with that, that growth of agriculture and, and, and changing of our diet and, and bringing in grains has perhaps led to some of the epidemics or pandemics that we have in our nutritional issues. Uh, and so paleo regresses us back to that. It, it, it kind of denounces this concept of using anything that is grain or anything around agriculture and going back to that hunter and gathering state, a lot of meat, a lot of protein and, and the like. It's one of those things where whether it's Whole30 or ketogenic or paleo, you kind of start to see a binding thread where it's not necessarily just like, oh, you must have you must eat eggs, Chris. Mm-hmm. You must eat a whole chicken, head and all. It's more, hey, you know those Doritos? I don't think Neolithic man had Doritos. They didn't? No. Not even the spicy chili cheese ones? I don't that think are so. are so tasty with guac no. and salsa? Dang it. <laughs> but so it's, it's one of those things where it's like, if, if you look at the first three, really, if, even if you don't subscribe to any of these, you can quickly look at this and go, hmm, how much junk do I eat? Oh, that's a tough question. That That's a mirror that not many of us, including yours truly, want to look in uh, on a regular basis. And I'm going to touch back on that in a little bit. Yeah. But uh, w- another one that you might see is called the slow-carb diet. Yeah, slow-carb car- slow diet would probably, of course, not have a lot of carbs. But uh, along a very similar principles, there, there's a, p- a popular podcaster uh, video YouTube host, author, best-selling author and stuff uh, who uh, goes by a slow-carb diet. I did the research and checked it out. You know, it often involves a lot of green vegetables, but there's one thing about a, a cheat day. Because with a cheat day, you can eat whatever you want. And that's all what we want to do, right, guys? Uh, right, folks? But uh, the problem is, after six days of disciplined dieting and oftentimes limiting what goes in your mouth, uh, you go bonsai- a full blast and your body's revolting going, what did you do to me? And that could shock your metabolism into kind of kicking into gear again and start some of these burning processes. This is what I've kind of read in some research to try to effort to make me healthier. So I was just going to say, uh, I was just going to say, this is what you're currently trying, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) I will say this though. Any of us? I have, I have, I had some success in the whole 30 era of those of those times by you eating uh, the the restricted amounts but I chose the hours of which I would eat hmm. and that uh, ties into a thing called intermittent fasting. So we sleep for 8 hours. Cool. We're probably not eating while we're asleep. The, uh, the intermittent fasting would be maybe you skip breakfast or you eat during a certain time during the day. For me, I tried only eating from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Hmm. 
So I would have my uh, late lunch or late breakfast, lunch, brunch, and an early-ish dinner and maybe a mid-afternoon snack. I had three meals kind of compressed. And then from 7 p.m. to 11 a.m., I didn't eat anything except for water and some vitamins. And your mileage may vary, but uh, that also helped with the discipline that when I had those hunger pains, I acknowledged it, kind of got mindful about it, and uh, drank a, a, a chugged a, a nice cool glass of water to try to stave that off. Or I cracked open a can of seltzer, which was my uh, secret weapon and my uh, right-hand man uh, in this journey of uh, restricting my dietary intake. How long have you been doing this slow-carb slash intermittent fasting bit? I, I dabbled with slow carb fasting. Unfortunately, I am like most people, and my discipline waned after day 31 of my diet. And I've thrown a lot of junk food in my mouth since then. Uh, but I think when I when I, I I may be going back to a whole 30 probably during the fall season hmm. before the holidays. Right. Uh, you know, the, just because I think it's it's something to maybe cycle on, cycle off. I have no idea what's good for me. Hmm. Although I do have a little bit of a, a consistent weight right now as the scale it has been brought back. And uh, I feel a little bit better. I don't good. feel as lethargic. And so, by the way, if you're feeling run down, really tired in the afternoon, really can't get up to go to, uh, you know, can't, can't get up in the morning, you know, to start the day, maybe a sign of your diet. Yeah. And uh, by eliminating some stuff, can you eliminate that soda? Can you eliminate that third cup of coffee after 12 noon? Or that happy hour drink. Yes, exactly. Or that des- uh, post-dinner dessert. Can you eliminate one thing out of your diet? Let's start somewhere because revolutions start with one person. And I say, my dear listener friend, that if you examine what you can eliminate that may be har- uh, not helping, start there. And then you can just build from there. Because when you kick into a, a disciplined time frame of, of restriction, it's, it's a really all or nothing kind of thing. And you really got to go in. But if you get inc- incremental progress, you might have a little bit more success yeah. if that uh, situation would occur to you. So on that same vein, something for your listening diet, you might be listening to us on KMRE 102.3 FM. Low power. Community radio here in the slow food city of subdued excitement. I try. That'll work. That'll work. Keep preaching on. So I've been trying something and I haven't really filled you in on this. You haven't? I I thought you told me everything, AJ. We share everything, dude. I know. I know. So uh, probably about four episodes back, I started dabbling in something myself. And it combined, it's not, it's not one of these that we listed. It's kind of, I begged and borrowed and stole from all of them to fit my kind of need. And I kind of tailored it around a, a movement called Slow Food. It's based off of Carlo Petrini out of Italy. He was an activist that in the 80s kind of started this, this concept of um, instead of fast food, like we're used to here in America, oh, yeah. bringing us back to slow food. In America, we kind of adapted to more of the farm to table type of movement. Carlo Petrini, he had kind of like these three creeds that come with um, having food and basically it's reconnecting us with this concept of good clean and fair good quality flavor some healthy food clean production that doesn't harm the environment because 
we tend to harm the environment to make a whole bunch of food for the whole bunch of people in the world. Uh-huh. And fair, accessible prices for consumers and fair conditions to be paid to the people who do it. Good, clean, and fair. Three good standards. Also right. a great chord progression, GCF, <laughs> as, as you're looking it's at it. It's a happy progression. It's a happy progression, that's for sure. So how's it been so far in the slow food era? So in, in like I said, I've been doing it for about four weeks, going on five weeks. And I borrowed it, and I also dabbled in intermittent fasting using Zero, which is an app I'll, I'll cover in a little bit. Yeah. Borrowing a little bit from keto and a little little bit from paleo. But really, all I really did was that what I just kind of schmarmily said earlier is what the heck am I putting in my body? Mm. And how often am I doing it? There's a book that my my wife, when she was an undergraduate, she studied a lot of uh, agriculture and, and food and the psychology and stuff. And there was a book that she she would read to me as she was doing it. And it was called Mindless Eating. And it's this concept that we get into a lot here in America. If you're bored, you kind of reach over and start eating and you, you're not really hungry. This is kind of like an autobiography of me in my earlier uh, grown-up years. <laughs> mindless eating. So basically, uh, mindless eating eating, if there's a book, uh, because talking about food, of course, the name Michael Pollan gets brought up a lot. And Michael Pollan, I mean, about 10 years ago, he wrote this book called Omnivore's Dilemma, and it's a mainstay in in food circles. There was a sequel to it called In Defense of Food. I actually prefer that one more than the, the first, because basically In Defense of Food, you can really boil down his concept of, of food and, and what we should be doing. And it kind of sounds a lot like Carlo Petrini, if you ask me. And basically his liberating words in that book was eat food, not too much, mostly plants. Six wise words right there. And again, it, it comes back to what are you putting in your body? But if you're really interested in, in any of these dieting or, or trying to get healthy or really want to examine what and how you eat, because I think that's, the, that's one thing that diets don't really hit on. They tell you what you should and shouldn't eat but they don't really tell you how you should eat. Hmm. Mindless eating really dives into that. Um, food psychologist Brian, I think it's Wan, Wansick. I can't say his last name. Sorry, Brian. Um, revolutionizes our, our awareness on how much, what, and why we're eating without really realizing it. And all of his findings will just totally flabbergast you. He brings in a whole bunch of studies like the Endless Soup study, and there's a lot of science behind this. But when you go to the, the cinema, I know you don't because you hate the monstrosity, but when you do, do you get the big bo- bo- a big thing of popcorn? Oh, and it, it, it now comes free with your Wiggle Crown Club card. Oh, man. Uh, they're really hooking me in. Yeah, no, that's just a whole pile of oh my gosh my body's revolting and and there's a there's a study around like stale popcorn and the fact that we'll just mindlessly continuously eating it even though we know it's not really good before the previews even end (laughs) help me folks help me but again it's this 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 condition that we have gotten into we've gotten lazy yeah and like you said it's convenience right Mm -hmm. like it's super easy to go grab a bag of doritos and just start scarfing it because you kind of have a little bit of a pang but uh, anyway, check out Mindless Eating. Um, if you want to really deep dive into uh, the nitty gritty, Michael Pollan, there's two books of his. But really, if I had my recommendations, if you're really interested in trying to get better around food, read Mindless Eating. And then on Netflix, 2017 BBC's Food Delicious Science. It's three episodes and it's done by Michael Mosley and James Wong, where they explore the physics, the chemistry and biology of the food that we eat and how we got there. Like, for instance, like what happens to that steak, that gorgeous, juicy steak? Stop it. 
as Stop you're grilling it, it and the, and the, the fats are crystallizing. You're killing me, Smalls. Stop it. Or bread, when bread bakes and it Stop gets it, gold. AJ. There's science behind that. And, the, and what happens to the nutritional value of things when we cook or when we keep things raw or when we ferment things. I would start with there. Like if you're if you want a white belt, mindless eating and that and the food delicious science thing. I'll take up a, a yellow belt. I'll see your white belt and I'll go one level higher. As you're approaching food, also on Netflix and elsewhere, there's a wonderful documentary called Forks Over Knives. And this started the mindset shift that occurred for my wife and me as we watched it into realizing just what is going on as we are putting this uh, material in our mouths. And uh, plant-based diets really don't get bashed that much <laughs> unless you're watching an NFL football commercial break. And that's a whole different story. Oh, that's coming up soon. Anyway, Netflix documentary, Forks Over Knives, I think that would be my recommendation. Uh, if you're going to have a weekend of research in considering uh, modifying or um, enhancing what your diet is. Dovetailing back to where I was going with, with my, my slow food thing. So the catalyst for me to do this was my son has allergy issues. And there are certain foods that we can't have around the house. And I'm one of those parents where I don't want my, my child to just have to rely on the children's menu. Like if, if we eat it, he should eat it and vice versa. Like there's some parents that don't want to eat kids food. That should raise a red flag. Yep. Okay. So when I cook, I cook for the whole family. And so with that said, like I had to adapt certain ingredients and it started, I started noticing like, hmm. How much pasta am I giving my kid? How much pasta am I eating? And my, I, I have started evaluating my, my eating habits and what I was preparing. From there, I kind of just started spiraling going, hmm, I need to recalibrate certain things. I need to recalibrate my sweet tooth. I need to recalibrate my reliance on sauces. I need to recalibrate portion sizes. Yes. If you, it's interesting because if you do some research and you look at like the portion size here in America versus other places around the world, kind of startling. We're number one. Oh, we're, we're, let me supersize that for yeah. you. When I was in Japan, the, the, and this kind of dawned on me, um, when you, when I was in Japan, there's this concept of bento boxes, oh, right? Yeah. And it's interesting because like, as you well know, if you eat a roll of, of well-prepared sushi, you know, eight pieces and you're pretty stuffed, but some of us love our sushi and we will just eat neck high sushi. See previous comments of mindless eating. That was me a few years ago. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, and so what I decided to do was for my lunches, I prepack, I, I meal prep, I prepackage things kind of like in a bento style. I have three containers um, and you can actually buy nice stainless steel bento box type things uh, made in America type of thing. I didn't want to spend the extra cashola. I just went to the whole, the bulk food section, got those little plastic things that you put your bulk. Yeah, that, that's what I'm bringing to work every day. Cool. And in, in one of those bento boxes, I, what I'm calling a bento box, I throw in nothing but vegetables. In other bento box, I throw in dry fruit. And in the other one, I put in things like olives or something that's kind of salty but sweet. I, I love green olives and it's also healthy for you. And that's my lunches. That's been my lunches for four weeks. So you've shied away from the leftover, what, half pizza yeah. from the night before? I or? haven't had pizza in over a month. What? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, there, there, we need to catch up more often because there's a lot of uh, stuff you haven't shared with me, AJ. Yeah. I'm happy for you, but I'm feeling a little left out. I know. As a result, also my son, he eats his broccoli because dad eats his broccoli. There you go. And uh, one of the things that he can't have is dairy. So dad doesn't have it with butter. 
Hmm. So it, and it, it, it's interesting because it forced me to look at my cooking in a uh, more, I'm, I'm partial Italian. And so I kind of re-embraced my Italian heritage of like olive oil. Years ama- it is amazing what you can make out of olive oil. Salad dressing. That's something that's interesting. If you take olive oil and you want to infuse it with something like jalapeno, you got yourself a oil vinaigrette that if you're counting calories, don't have much Mm -hmm. and on top of that it has omegas and all this other stuff that's really good for you and so i started looking at this concept of my eating habits and cooking habits from the mindset of of one i want to be a good role model for my son that huge motivation absolutely end of discussion can do it for four weeks without a problem and the second thing is i wanted to yeah i wanted to reduce my weight because i wasn't really concerned about my weight as much as what you just mentioned my motivation, like getting up in the morning, uh, I need like six cups of coffee. I basically have a cup of coffee in the morning and that's it. And I drink tea for most of the day. Mm-hmm. I started reevaluating and recalibrating my habits, my sweet tooth, etc. You know, and it's it's not to say that I'm like, oh, I, I haven't had a cookie. I've had a cookie, Chris. Okay. I my, would hope you would. Yeah. You're cute as a cookie. Thank you. There you go. But eating a bag of something or eating a box I'm here to tell you, I can go to town on a box of Samoas. Mm-hmm. Instead, now I have a Samoa. And it's one of those things where it forces you to reevaluate how often you're grabbing something. And are you really satiated? Are you really, are you full? Are you really hungry? Are you? Here's a challenge, folks. Uh, let's go four months ahead of the game. To increase your internal energy, we need to be able to turbocharge our engines, our internal engines. And I think there's been a little bit of sludge that has accumulated uh, during the outdoor barbecue season or uh, in the go, go, go. We don't have time to prepare a meal. Let's grab something at this quickie mart to uh, be able to shove in our faces to satisfy the hunger urges that we have. Let's start now. Let's make it uh, late. August. And as a number of you who are in the Whatcom County area just got through visiting the fair, what'd you all eat? I don't go to the fair, so. Fair enough. But <laughs> at the at the Linden Fair, where we where we go to, I only buy one thing. No uh, trinkets, no other stuff, no elephant ears, no funnel cakes, no. What do you go for then? I go for a turkey leg. Uh, it's a $15, 15 You feel inch, like a Viking. I have a club of, <laughs> of wonderfully uh, smoked meat. But... Um, let's start somewhere yeah. and, uh, let's, let's work on figuring out what can be eliminated and replaced because if you eliminate and just do a hard diet, I'm only going to eat these four things. You're going to be falling off the cliff. You got to replace something with uh, something healthier in, in a lot of ways. Now, now we're, this episode we've been focusing on diet. Now, part of diet is also exercise. Obviously we did five episodes of get out. Yes. We're going to loop back on exercising and, and uh, recommendations for that. But do keep in mind, like we're, we are telling only one half of the story, which is different diets and, and just habits and, and giving resources. So if you're listening to us going, but yeah, yeah, you can't just diet. You have to also exercise. Yes. I'm also a guy that runs six miles in a weekend too, but we're going to come back to that in a later episode. So I I mentioned something about meal prep. Now, Chris, you have a recommendation for a local meal prep that kind of dovetails in a little bit of slow food and and uh, the farm to table movement, right? Yes. Now uh, we're we're familiar if you're if you've done any work on the internet or have been aware on the internet. There's a lot of subscription based businesses out there. They'll send you a box of something uh, every month and charge you for it. Now there's a company called Blue Apron. Blue Apron is a company that will send you a monthly subscription based uh, box delivered to your door, whole meal kit. So they are getting in the nutritional game with what they're sending. And 
show notes, drink, we got a link to it if you want to check that out. Here in Whatcom County, there is a uh, small company called Dandelion Organic. They're, uh, they feature healthy produce brought to your door for a budget-friendly price right here in Whatcom County. Uh, my wife and I tried it for a little bit. Wonderful produce. I don't think we need to worry about uh, a lot of the... Uh, where it came from, because it's right here in Whatcom County. And uh, uh, by local, I think we hear a lot and see a lot of that around. Uh, check out Dandelion Organic. Click on the link that uh, that we provided for you and uh, go for it. I would say, you know, for meal prep, that is a way to save yourself a little bit of time right. from having to hit the, the marathon grocery store or, heaven forbid, hit the Costco and wade through the cavernous aisles that have all that food. Well, but hitting on the aisles thing, though, yes. like if, if you, let's say you, you look at Blue Apron or Dandelion Organic and you're like, you know, I want to do this myself because I don't, I don't want to pay for a subscription. A simple way to get around this is when you go around the grocery store, Stay around the perimeter. Pretty much. Uh, you got the produce section. You got the dairy section. You got the meat section. You got the the uh, bakery section, uh, at least for breads. But the internal aisles. Junk. Uh, <laughs> in, a lot of, in a lot of cases, yeah, there may not be as healthy food on the internal. Stay on the perimeter. Le- uh, leaving this, I just wanted to bring up. So we, we talked about a lot. This is a very dense episode, and it also can be a sensitive topic for a lot of people. Absolutely. Feel free to shoot uh, Chris and I a, a, um, a message over the, a Twitter or Instagram uh, from the hashtag, um, hashtag Beham Podcast, or you can also give us a call and leave us a voicemail. Erico 201. 731-8324. 201-731-TECH. We still have technology in our blood, AJ. <laughs> we got a voicemail for it. We do. And that that's where I wanted to leave us on is there's got to be a tech angle, right? And I got one for you. Yeah. Yep. Uh, for my analog junkies, if you're trying to get into trying to track what you're doing and how you're making progress. And like Chris said, you don't have to take measurements of your weight every day. Um, sometimes it's just better to, again, try to figure out your habits. Bust out a journal bust out a pen and just track what you eat and when you do. That's just the simplest thing. If you reach for a potato chip, (laughs) (laughs) nice, nice. You never know which one Um, before you intake it, jot down when you did, how much it is. Okay. Not calories, just, just what it is and see what your habits are and go back and go, you know, man, I ate more potato chips than I did vegetables. Is that, is that balanced? And if you're feeling bad, don't get discouraged because it happens and sure. we're all like this. Try this. Before you write the stuff down and before you insert food into mouth, chug a glass of water and see how much of the hunger urges you'll have once you have a full belly of liquid in, in your gut. Now, if you're not an analog person and you're like, uh, AJ, I, I have smartphones. That's what I do. I know you like the whole analog thing. Um, take a look at an app called Argus, A-R-G-U-S. Their full name is Argus Calorie Counter and Steps by Azumio. Um, it's both iOS and Android. And what's cool about this app is basically you have a honeycomb grid that, that the app loads up uh, before you. And it's a free app. You can also pay for their premium subscription. That gets you some extra analytics. What's cool about this is it will track if you have an iPhone, it tracks everything off the M7 chip. So as you take steps, it tells you how many steps you have in a day. It also tells you how many calories you've burned in a day if you have your your device on you. If you go on a run, it can be your run logger or bicycle logger or whatever. Um, but also if you're taking in things, you can take a picture of what you're eating and it will log what you're eating for you. It has an AI that it'll like if you have like like I do carrots, celery, hard boiled egg and some uh, walnuts. If you take a picture 
it will actually use AI and recognize, oh, is this nuts? What kind of nuts is it? And it will give you a general calorie count for you, or you can manually do it yourself. So if you want a, a just a, a simple you know journal for food and get the gist of what what your body is doing just by walking in a day and you know as chris has always said you know try to get 10,000 steps in a day if you really want to know how many steps you do do in a day if you have a desk job here's a great way to get started in kind of in a one step package. Once again, you, you sh- I, I wasn't quite familiar with this Argus app. You've been uh, doing some research uh, without my knowledge. I'm going to give that a try. and I think we should circle back with that app uh, after a little while. So stay tuned for a little bit more uh, about our Argus experience. It seems like a pretty tasty app. No yeah. pun intended. Yeah. Okay. Sticking a fork in it. That wraps it up for this edition of the 90th edition of the Belly and Podcast. Thank you again so much for listening to us, rating us, reviewing us on wherever you'd like to get your podcast. Remember, if you're in the Bellingham area, you might be getting it good, clean, and fair over the airwaves on Camry 102.3 FM. Low power. Community radio here in the heart of the slow food city of subdued excitement. On that tasty note, I'm AJ Barsay. And I'm Chris Powell, and I want to be like AJ who eats his broccoli. Thanks again for listening to us on the Bellingham Podcast. I eat me spinach, too. Uh, Arm, matey. <laughs>